They live in a world much like ours, only we don't have giant bats. Salutations, Snowdrift County. This is your community news. Breaking news, citizens. A stock market meeting has been announced. Unlike the typical PTA meetings which are held every month, this meeting won't just affect the schools. It will affect us all. Board up your windows. Keep your money safe. If stockbrokers and business professional attire come to knock down your doors, hungry for your hard-earned cash just so they can bet it on some bottom line, prepare for battle. But before we get further into that, a break-in at the library. The Bromdale Public Library was broken into last night while most of the county was huddled in for the night. The break-in was discovered by Sheriff Walters during her patrol shortly before the stock trade was announced when she found the front door to the library destroyed. So far there is nothing to report, but anyone with information is to contact Deputy Byron Marshall who is leading the investigation while the sheriff is handling more pressing matters. And now, back to our headline story. As we speak, preparations are being made across the six cities of Snowdrift County for the impending battle that will decide the economic fate of our community. In Bromdale, at the heart of our county, Sheriff Walters is gathering a militia of citizens with combat able bodies and weapons training to join her in protecting our streets from the never-ending onslaught of well-dressed brokers flooding the avenues from their high-rise office buildings. The Prestonians have begun raising their southern barriers. They usually only do that to avoid looking at the rest of the county during the lighter periods of snowfall and paint a mural of what they call a better landscape on their side, which is just the southern peaks with none of the other cities there. But now they serve their true purpose, an absolute defense of their wealth from the greedy. The last stock meeting pushed those walls to their limits. We shall see if they are capable of holding this day. In Winston, all citizens currently residing in Shady Pines Home for the Elderly are being relocated to the Correctional Facilities Emergency Wing. There, the community's memories of the past can be kept safe and away from the coming danger, so that they do not become history too soon. Citizens of Kirkman have closed and locked the shutters of the farming warehouses, the citizens volunteering to be locked inside to protect the crops and animals. Their logic behind this? We can never be too sure what could be counted as currency by the stockbrokers. The engineer students and alumni in Blairsville are currently modifying some of their projects into weapons to defend their campus. Many of them have gleams in their eyes as they look forward to testing their new creations. And here in Wardenclyffe, most of the citizens have boarded themselves up in the power station. A few of us, myself and our newest intern Denise included, are preparing to take to the streets and look for anyone that was left behind. I know Danielle is already at the power station and is helping with the fortifications, so that's one less thing I have on my mind. Denise is currently heading to the storage closet to get the portable broadcaster. So while we're waiting for her to get back, 
I was asked to read the following public service announcement. We would like to remind everyone that the grimacing obelisk that spawned a few weeks ago in downtown Preston is only mostly harmless. The county senate has sent me a list of things that you may and may not do with the obelisk. You may acknowledge the obelisk, wave to the obelisk, even praise the obelisk, but you should try to give it at least 5 feet of clearance. You may not approach nor touch the obelisk, and you should especially avoid its large, toothy mouth. Too many people have lost their hands taking selfies of them leaning on it. I know robot hands are all the rage now, but come on folks, that's gotta hurt. Alright, she's back with the portable broadcaster. Just a bit of tinkering, and... There. Now turn the other mic off. Alright, we're almost ready to go. As we finish preparing to step out of the station, into the streets of Wardenclyffe. I might as well describe the weather out there. Just get the window open here. So the air is crisp right now. I can feel the chill of it in my lungs as I inhale. The snowfall is medium. I can see about 40 feet clearly. Looking at the sky, it's a deep shade of pink, so we might have some lightning later. Okay, so I got my parka, got the portable broadcaster strapped on, and some pre-recorded advertisements so I don't just leave dead air when I find someone. Hey, Denise, are you okay going out like that? Alright. And so, we embark. Whew. Man, it's cold out here. You sure you don't want to grab a park at Denise? Okay. The streets of Wardenclyffe are empty right now. Usually at this time, workers of the power station would be going home for lunch break. It's odd to see no sleds out on the road right now. There are a few tracks leading outward from Wardenclyffe towards Brondale, though. Alright. Denise, you head that away and round the power station. I'll head towards the residential area and we'll meet up back here at the radio station. Folks, while we start our search for any citizens that may be currently exposed to the coming danger, I received an update on the break-in. Deputy Marshal, as diligent as always when he is called into action, and in spite of the upcoming danger to his economic status, continues his investigation into the break-in at the Brondale Public Library. While searching through the shelves, he was unable to find anything that was taken. All the books and the movies were there and accounted for. All in the library seemed normal, besides the broken front door. That is, until the deputy sheriff acknowledged that which we are not supposed to acknowledge. On the boots, torsos, and shoulders of the statuesque security officers guarding the forbidden history section of the library, there were scuff marks. Signs that someone was interacting with the officers. Not just interacting, but climbing them. The deputy sheriff continued his investigation and confirmed his fears. 
a single window was shattered, and what lay on the other side of that window was what the officers were guarding. The shards of glass from the window lay in the snow below. As terrifying as the experience may be, Deputy Byron Marshall must approach the county senate to gain permission to investigate the highly guarded forbidden section of our central library. But first, he's gonna have to find their hidden bunker that they usually hide in during times of crisis. Alright, I made it to the residential area of Wardencliffe. The streets are still empty. No, wait. I think I see someone. Let's switch over to a word from our sponsors while I go see who it is. Don't you hate when you wash your wool clothing and it shrinks? It's inevitable, but what can we do to keep warm? Well, the Richter family has a solution. With their new line of pre-shrunk wool sweaters, Richter's constricted tees give all the comfort and warmth of a full-size wool sweater, but it's already shrunk down as much as it can go. So you don't have to worry about your sweaters getting any tighter. Available in converted sizes large into small, medium into double extra small, and small into quadruple extra small. Found only at Richter Clothing and Dry Cleaning in the Bromdale Shopping Center. So that was Genevieve Drake? I asked her what she was doing out here in Wardencliffe instead of preparing to defend her homestead in Blairsville. She said she came here to check on her sister Cheryl who lives in their childhood home. I let her know that everyone was boarding up in the power station and that Cheryl was most likely there. I offered a walker, knowing that the meeting is coming and the streets may turn dangerous at any moment, but that is when her legion of guardian fans came from around the buildings, some of them armed to the teeth with experimental weapons made by the students at Blairsville Academy. Realizing she was way more protected than I, I decided to let her walk off to the power station. I know she'll be just fine. Citizens, I am now receiving more news about the preparations being made across Snowdrift County for the upcoming stock trade. Preston has successfully erected their southern barriers, and even installed reinforced gates on all roads that the wall surrounds. They skipped out on painting the mural this time around, making sure to build better fortifications to avoid as close of a call as the last stock trade. As for the militia in Bromdale, led by Sheriff Walters, they are now receiving a shipment from Blairsville Academy, some newly rigged together weapons. They prepare themselves in front of the high-rise office buildings in Midtown Bromdale. Some of the weapons need to be bolted to the ground in order to work properly. So we might have some new permanent features in the area. And the movement of all citizens in Winston to the correctional facility has been finished. Some of the convicts were given temporary release to assist with some of the citizens that have a hard time moving. Unlike previous times though, there were a couple escapees. Be on the lookout for Maurice Borning and Terence Clive last seen wandering towards the southern peaks from Winston Correctional Facility. No updates were given from Kirkman though. I think that's more because everyone is locked in the warehouses. I really should make a note to make sure that someone knows to let them out after the stock meeting. I myself have just finished looking for people here in the residential area of Wardencliffe. 
I don't seem to be too far from the caverns. Should see if anyone is there. While I head over there, I received an update on the investigation at the Brondale Public Library. After finding and getting approval from the county senate, the investigation in the library has expanded to the forbidden history section. Deputy Marshall approached the statuesque security guards, protecting us from the dangerous knowledge lurking behind them. And with a deep, solid grinding noise, the large gray security officers moved from the entrance to the threshold they guard and permitted the sheriff deputy to enter. He stepped into the darkness of the history section, as the light bulbs have not been replaced since the subject was banned long ago before most of us can recall. What he will experience beyond here is to be left unknown to us, and we still wait for his return. Alright, I'm at the caverns. I think I see someone. Citizens, while I investigate who this is, here's another word from our sponsors. Have you taken a trip to Blairsville and got caught up in a mad experiment? Have you gone to Kirkman recently and been bit by some animal? Do you want compensation for your injuries, even if they're your fault? Call me, Ashton Vieiro, at... And I can help you get the money you need to recover. I even helped a ghost sue his own house when he fell down the stairs. Call me now. Well, that was Matthew Sheldon. I asked him what he was doing here and not at the power station. He said he was on break. I asked if he heard the announcement about the stock meeting. I don't think he heard me though, because he just asked me if I came to the caverns to listen to the singing. I asked him what singing, but he just continued to stare at the caverns opening. I couldn't help but notice that his hand was a few shades darker than his face. I warned him about the stock meeting, in case he didn't hear about it yet, told him he should get to the power station, and left. I'm not sure if he's still standing there or not. Speaking of which, the meeting should be starting up any minute now. I need to meet up with Denise back at the radio station. I usually don't do this, but I stopped at home to get my sled so I could just get around quicker. It's a little tricky to mush while having the portable broadcaster strapped around me, and the dogs are kind of spooked by my early arrival home, but anything to keep the show going. Alright, back at the station. No sign of Denise. Hopefully she makes it back in time. Citizens, the moment we have prepared for is upon us. The stock trade is open. The brokers are now flooding the streets. I am currently standing to defend the radio station. As your host, it is my duty to defend that which connects me to you all. For those of you still out there, ready to fight for your economic footholds, let's look at the traffic and see where the brokers are coming from.
It is over, citizens. For those of you still surviving, and in good economic standings, we have won. I alone was left holding off the waves of stockbrokers as they stormed the front door of the radio station, ready to offer station management a business proposition. As they kept coming and coming, my arms grew tired and I began losing grip on my club. Just then, a one-foot diameter ball of rubber bands whizzed through and with incredible speed knocked out each of the stockbrokers surrounding me. Then. Even faster than it arrived, the ball flew down the street, returning to its continued journey through our community ever since it broke through the third-story window of Aaron Cook's five-story house. I am back inside my booth in the radio station now, and I have one last piece of news to share with you all. During the battle, Deputy Sheriff Marshall has returned from the forbidden history section in the library. There, he found some clues to finding out who it was that scaled over the security officers into the stacks of knowledge forbidden by law. A single drawer was opened, Census Records, 1953. As it is forbidden to peer into historical records, it is unknown what file was taken, or if one was taken. But some fingerprints were found on the drawer, in the broken window, where it is assumed the miscreant made their exit. On one of the shards of glass, still clinging to the frame, was a single piece of torn fabric. Through the chaos of the stock trade, Deputy Marshall took these materials to the crime lab in the basement of the Sheriff's Tower, and with them, he was able to find a primary suspect. The fingerprints lifted from the census file drawer were found not to match any recorded citizen in Snowdrift County. As for the fabric found on the window, it was found to be made of a polyester blend, but Deputy Marshall was unable to determine what it was blended with. There are a few hairs found on the fabric though, brown in color and rather long. Based on this evidence presented to us and looking at possible motives of the few people in the county that do not have their fingerprints registered, Deputy Sheriff Marshall was able to determine that none other than Annie Germain would be responsible for the break-in at the Bromdale Public Library. As she is already residing in one of the holding apartments in the Sheriff's Tower, she has essentially been placed under house arrest. At least Joe recently upgraded the apartments to stream all the latest shows and movies coming out. I heard that Solstice Network Productions is going to be coming out with Nosferatu the Musical exclusively on Chillstream soon. Well, after all the events of today, now we have reached the end of our time together, citizens. Next time we connect, we shall assess the damages of this meeting. Until then, good night, Snowdrift County, and stay warm. Salutation Snowdrift is a Broken Unicorn Studios production, written and performed by Nicholas Gold. All music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Check out his stuff at incompetech.com. Want to keep up with what we're doing? Feel free to subscribe and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Have any questions or comments? Send us an email at brokenunicornstudios at gmail.com. And thank you for listening.